0: And I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hey listeners, welcome back to Podcast and Amplify. Today I'm talking to the fabulous Alicia Carlson. She's a non-diet lifestyle coach and she's the founder of the Strong Her Way. She works with women using her non-diet approach to food, fitness, and life transformation to help her clients create a healthy and balanced lifestyle. And all of that is without dieting, without depriving yourself, without putting on these crazy restrictions that you can't live up to anyways. Um, And she just really is passionate about teaching women to just love their bodies and love themselves um, and create thriving lives. So I, I really love that about her mission and I'm excited that she's here to talk to us today. So welcome, Alicia.
1: Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great introduction.
0: (laughs) Great introduction for a great person. And we connected, I think, a networking thing. And then we chatted and I was like, I have to have her on because I really do love your approach to helping women just live these really like full lives and not beating themselves up. And there's so much lack of feeling compassionate towards ourselves and not loving ourselves as women. And I think that's an important, important place to start from. So I was hoping that today we could talk about um, just how we can prioritize ourselves our health and our wellness amidst being these busy, business owners, entrepreneurs, I'm sure you are just as busy as the rest of us. How do you encourage others and how do you do this for yourself? Prioritize your health and your wellness.
1: Yeah, um, it's actually so funny that we are talking about this because I feel like just with school getting ready to start um, and just kind of coming into a different season of life for myself personally, I had to kind of take an audit of My life again, and just kind of, you know, where things are at, how I'm spending my time, you know, are things feeling kind of balanced or imbalanced in certain places? And so, this is like such a timely conversation for myself, but also um, if you're listening, I think around the recording, then you might be able to relate to this as well as we're getting ready to start another school year. Um, So, I think first and foremost, When it comes to creating kind of a healthy, balanced lifestyle, one of the things I like to caveat the whole balance thing or like the work-life balance thing with is that when I'm talking about balance, I'm not advocating that you're spending like equal time or energy in every different bucket of your life. Like that, I don't feel like is realistic. And I think that sometimes is where people feel like work-life balance is unattainable because it's like, you know, how can I spend that much time, like working out or, you know, when I'm trying to do like all of these other things as well. So I think first and foremost, like, let's just kind of debunk that myth that, you know, balance isn't necessarily making sure that every single bucket has equal amount of time or energy and more, it's kind of like assessing for yourself, the different buckets of your life that you want to assess and evaluate, and then kind of figuring out, what each of those buckets needs in order for it to feel like it's thriving and it's flourishing for you in that specific season. So for example, um one of the activities that I was just doing on myself and that I have my clients do quite a bit is like a, a basic life wheel. And I'm looking at mine right now and so I mean, you could put as many different spokes or as many different buckets as you want. But essentially, I like to go through each of the primary areas of my life, like my fitness, my friends, my fun, my family, um, my field, my faith or spirituality. Um, and finances. And then I'm looking at my wheel and then I had like one extra spoke on this uh, wheel. And so I just put sex and marriage because I think that's different than family. Um, and then I, what I like to do is I kind of like to go through and it's like assess each of those different areas on a one to 10. So one is like, it's not really thriving. It's feels completely Uh, neglected, like it's just not going well at all. Whereas a 10, it feels like, no, this area of my life feels pretty solid. Like, I don't feel like I need to add or tweak anything. Um, And then from there, I like to get really specific. So after kind of assessing each of those areas, I like to look at, okay, what's going well in, and I do it for each area, what's going well in this particular area and be super specific, like really list out. What is going good for you? Like, why does it feel balanced? Why does it feel fulfilling? Why does it feel like it's thriving and all of those kinds of things? And then ask yourself, like, what's not going so well here? Like, what feels like it's maybe out of balance? What feels like it needs a little bit of tweaking and things like that? And again, you want to be super specific because then that's going to really point you to some specific action items that you can take. And then, you know, I think in terms of like the priority, You just kind of have to figure out for yourself, like what are the most important areas that maybe aren't really thriving or flourishing right now that you want to invest in. And I think that it really can be super helpful if you're very clear on your own core values and the things that you really hold dear, because then you can look at, you know, am I making decisions about how I'm spending my time or my energy in a way that supports and aligns with my core values and ultimately those priorities? or not. So being super solid on your core values, and just having a clear idea of what's the most important to you, I think will really help you. It really helps you kind of figure out what is out of balance. And so it's like when things are feeling imbalanced, or when things are feeling like they're kind of cattywampus, then that is really an indicator that the way that we are spending our time the way that we are spending our energy isn't necessarily in alignment with our values and ultimately our priorities.
0: So I think that's such a great tool for people. I feel like there might be resistance when it comes to, and you'll have to tell me whether you felt this or not, say it's a mom who's super busy, she's working, she has little ones, and feels like I don't even have the space to sit down and think about these things. What do you say to someone like that? Because I feel like I've heard this before. (laughs) I've literally heard, you know, I don't have the, the space to think about it. And I really want your answer to this question because I just see it as so important and so like vital to creating that balance, which also I appreciated how you kind of debunked that myth around it's got to be like 30 and 30 and 30, you know, like that it's not going to be this equal parts to every part of your life. It's going to be parts that are equal to What you value and what's important to you. But how would you suggest that someone who feels so overwhelmed and out of balance to like carve out that time to like look at this, look at these areas of their life?
1: Well, I mean, this is like definitely the tough love kind of coach response to that. But it's like if you feel like you don't have the time to sit down and do this, that's the exact reason that you need to sit down and do this. And I say that with all the love in my heart, but the reality is, is that nothing is going to change unless you actually stop and are intentional about making some changes. And I think sometimes it's easier to just stay in this like overwhelmed, sort of like burned out sense, burning up, you know, burning the candle at both ends because it's what you're used to. And You're kind of used to just reacting to all the fires that are coming up rather than sitting down, being super intentional and really like planning, like actually taking the wheel and sitting down, planning, carving out that time. Um, So that might not be the most popular answer. That might not be the answer that feels the best. But I think that if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I mean, I just don't even have the time to sit down for 10 minutes to do this. I think that's like the first indicator that you actually like need to sit down for 10 minutes and do this.
0: Yeah, I 100% love the tough love approach because it's true. If you're feeling overwhelmed and like you don't have the time, then you're probably the person who actually needs to sit down and do this. And you're right, nothing's going to change unless you are intentional about how you spend your time. And I think a lot of where that overwhelmed feeling comes from is when we feel like our life is controlling us instead of we're controlling goes on in our life. And I think that what you talked about is a great way to take control of your life, right? Take ownership of it and like set those boundaries of this is how my life is going to look. These are the things that I'm going to prioritize doing. And it really just takes doing it right. I read Shonda Rhymes' book, The Year of Yes. I don't know if you've read it, but she had a really interesting way she defined, you know, her balance was that usually what would look like for her was if she was kind of killing it at work, she was not so much killing it at home or she was kind of like really like the great mom. She wasn't always like the showing up the best at her work kind of thing. And but she was okay with that. She kind of presented it as like, you can't be all things in all places, you you know, there's going to be some give and some take and, and giving yourself the permission to like, yeah, maybe I'm only going to show up 20% or maybe I'm gonna show up 40% here.
1: And I think, I mean, like to that point, I think coming back to the life will exercise, I think you get to define like what a 10 looks like for you. And in, you know, like I said, in different seasons, it's going to look differently, right? It's like over the years, I have become a lot more relaxed in certain seasons about what our house looks like, because it's more important for me right now in this season of my business to be investing more of my time and my energy there. Or, you know, maybe we're not having like hours of family time every single night, but we're sitting down at the table as many nights as possible. You know, like the goal is seven nights a week. We're sitting around the table having dinner together as a family. Um, or even, you know, like the 10, 15 minute car rides taking the kids to practice. It's like that's a time for me to really like slow down, check in with them, make sure that my mind isn't wandering or filled with work things. And, you know, it's like, I get to decide whether or not that's going to be like good enough, quote unquote, good enough to be that level 10. So I think too, just kind of checking your expectations and really looking at it and being like, okay, is this something that actually resonates and rings true for me? Or is this something that I feel like I have to do in order to like meet somebody else's standard or somebody else's expectation
0: for me? Right. Not being so hard on ourselves. Can you talk a little bit about how our emotions factor into how we take care of ourselves and whether or not we stick to those goals?
1: That's been kind of an interesting area of study for myself over the past few years is just how much we are led by our emotions. So with my clients, I have kind of this tool that I like to use that really just helps kind of illuminate what's happening in their minds, you know, with the beliefs and things like that. But understanding that we generate our emotions essentially based on what we're thinking about a certain situation or a certain circumstance. And based on that emotion or that feeling, that is what really drives us to take action or not, right? And it's kind of like, I mean, I think we're always taking action, even if we're like not actively doing something, right? It's like you're either actively moving yourself toward your goal or you're actively moving yourself kind of away from your goal. And so I think... You know, the biggest part, and especially for, I mean, I don't know if this is for everybody, but I feel like with my clients that tend to be kind of the higher achievers, um, really like in that hustle mode, there's a lot of pressure we don't really slow down enough to actually feel our feelings until they're super intense, right? It's like, you don't know that you're anxious or that you're worried until it's like all consuming, or you don't recognize that you're feeling super exhausted and burned out until you just you just want to like sit on the couch and watch Netflix all weekend. And so I think the biggest part is to just really kind of slow down enough and start to check in with how you're feeling, right? Like you want to Be come to that place where you're so sensitive to even just the slightest shift of like, okay, something's feeling a little bit off, or you know, I'm kind of having like this uneasy feeling in my stomach. Like, I wonder what's causing that, you know, and can I put a name to that emotion? Because a lot of times. We might be feeling something in our body, like tightness in our shoulders, or maybe we're clenching our jaw, but we don't actually know like what's causing that. So it's like becoming aware of that physical sensation in the body and then just asking like, okay, I'm noticing like, I'm really tight in my neck, my shoulders, my jaw, like what's going on? Oh, I'm feeling super stressed about this project deadline that I have coming up. Okay. Okay. You know, let me just kind of unpack this a little bit. Why am I feeling stressed about it? You know, well, because da 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 da. But it's like the more that we kind of slow down and sort of lean into the cues that our body is sending us, the more we can kind of unpack um, from like a mental perspective as well. But then we can also start to take action intentionally rather than just, again, going back to that reactionary state, right? Where it's like a lot of times if I'm feeling super pressured, Instead of like slowing down and maybe resting, I feel like I have to kick it up a notch and I have to like go into overdrive. But that oftentimes ends up in me kind of spinning my wheel. So it's like learning how to really slow down and kind of lean into the, those subtle cues that my body's sending and those physical sensations. And then just starting to put an emotion, kind of connecting the emotion to the physical sensation. What kinds of thoughts tend to create anxiety for me? What kinds of thoughts tend to create um stress you know for me tends to be like this overwhelming thought of i'm running out of time like and it could be any you know whether i'm running from one meeting to the next or um on a goal it's kind of is this underlying thought of like there's not enough time leads this sort of panicky feeling so it's like the more that we can kind of start to connect the dots or like put those little puzzle pieces together the more i can call that out and be like oh I'm thinking that I'm running out of time. The truth is, like, I always have just enough time to get what I need done.
0: Hey, Explorers. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to the free workshop that I created. It's called The Three Secrets to Starting Your Successful Podcast. Now, it's all about helping you to start your dream podcast so that you can share your voice and expand your business. If you want to join, just go to explorerandyou.com. It's totally free. All right, friend, back to the show. When you were talking, it was making me think about how I think as a culture, we are not really encouraged to check in with ourselves. I feel like, especially now, we live in a time where A, we're either being distracted, whether it's social media or it's binging Netflix, like there's so many distractions or we're numbing. Cause we're just trying to get through. We're trying to do all the things and get through when we don't really have the bandwidth to do all the things. And we're constantly like you were saying, you know, you kind of don't really address things until it's like, there's no gas in the tank. We're like negative
1: gas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The engine smoking. Right. And then that is the moment when I think we feel okay to check in with ourselves. And I think what, like what you're saying, it's so important to do that because that is the only way to create the space. So you don't feel like you don't have enough time. I think the more we tap into ourselves and turn inward and understand what are our stressors, what are our triggers? We would be able to better put things in place that help us take care of ourselves
1: and I think you know like going back to that where you said the distracting and the numbing I think the distractions kind of serve as a numbing and so it's like mm. there's this term that one of my coaches and mentors uses called buffering and so it's like we buffer or numb right anytime mm-hmm. that we are experiencing an emotion that we don't want to feel and I think that this is partly where kind of um positive psychology or like where the whole movement has become a little bit toxic in the thinking that we should feel good all the time. When right. the reality is, is that we have this wide spectrum of emotions. And sometimes in life, like it's, you know, we want to feel upset or we want to feel angry, or we don't necessarily want to feel good all the time. And so I think it's just like learning. I think one of the biggest things that I feel like I teach my clients is to just learn how to feel the uncomfortable emotion without the buffering without the numbing or the checking out or distracting yourself so that you don't have to feel it because eventually at some point you're going to end up having to feel it and the more that we try to resist it or avoid it or kind of push it away the louder that it comes until we finally pay attention and that's you know that was that analogy of like being you know stranded on the side of the road out of gas the engine is smoking eventually like you are going to have to slow and listen and pay attention and deal with it and opportunities will just keep coming until you do so the i think the better that you can get at sitting in the uncomfortable emotions and not reacting not eating not drinking not turning to your phone or work or whatever the better you will get at just letting those emotions kind of ride through the body and then you can continue to take the intentional action that you want to take in spite of not feeling maybe your greatest all the time.
0: Yeah, no, I love that you pointed that out because there is that toxic positivity that you were talking about. And I struggle with that too. I think I definitely am someone who avoids or who has avoided feeling negative feelings. And it took me a while and work to realize that feelings are just feelings. And there's not bad feelings, isn't there? Not, there aren't good feelings, they just are. And that's what creates a rich human experience, right, is feeling all the feelings. And it's just being able to sit with that, you know, and move through whatever your emotions are without judgment, without, like you said, numbing or buffering. Um, that is so important to, to kind of cultivate that and get to a place where you can do that. It's not easy, but it definitely will help in the long run. So I wanted to also talk to you about changing your food and fitness habits. I know you are definitely focused on like fitness and having a non-diet approach to food. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, tips that you have for people who want to focus on changing their food and fitness habits, which we know definitely plays into our overall health and wellness. Yeah. So
1: again, I think, you know, the best place is to kind of always start, start with an audit. So, you know, maybe again, like carving out just a few minutes to just kind of jot down, like what are kind of your current habits or tendencies or patterns around food, around exercise, um, those kinds of things. And, and really that just kind of starts to bring some of that stuff. To light, right? It's kind of like shining the light on maybe what's not necessarily working, but then you might also find that you have some habits or some patterns or some tendencies that are working, or, or at least working well enough that you don't necessarily want to change them. So I think, you know, first and foremost, it's kind of like, let's just take an audit. And usually that's what I would do with my clients kind of on our first session is like, let's really just like see exactly what's going on um, so that we can really start to pinpoint, okay, where is like that first area that we want to focus on? Um, And then, you know, I think from there, then we just kind of start to knock down some of the the dominoes, if you will. Um, I think for the most part, for a lot of my clients it's less about changing necessarily like what you're eating or even how much you're eating in the first place. Um, And it's more really about changing or just kind of taking a look at like how you're eating. So are you constantly eating on the go? Do you feel like, you know, you're eating like you only have these few minute windows throughout the day to like hurry up and cram food. The first step might be to just like, let's just schedule like 15 or 20 minutes a couple times a day so that you can just like sit down and have a meal um, and really just focus on slowing down and Um, you know, being intentional, right? It's like tasting your food, noticing, like, how does that food make you feel? Are you feeling sick? Do you feel like overly stuffed when you get up to eat? Or, you know, when you get up after eating, are you getting up and you're still feeling really hungry? So um, again, like if you're somebody that you're like, gosh, I just don't have the time to eat, I want to invite you to just explore that that's exactly why you need to like, carve out the time to do the life wheel exercise, carve out the time to eat. um, Because that's like, the you know, that's going to be the first issue that we would have to address anyway, is like, why don't you have the time? Um, So I think, you know, that first thing for a lot of women that I work with is just having some different meal times where they're sitting down and like actually eating rather than always kind of snacking and eating on the run. Um, And then I think, you know, in terms of the fitness aspect, again, just kind of depending on where you're starting from, if you feel like your schedule is way swamped and super busy, you know, then I think it's more important to kind of develop that habit of consistency rather than perfection, right? So look at your schedule and realistically decide for yourself, like in this season, what could you commit to, right? And you, I always, you always want to think like it we want to pick like that lowest hanging fruit. So the thing that feels the easiest, but then you want to kind of push yourself a little bit too. So I think there's this like fine dance of like, yes, let's pick the thing that feels the easiest, but then also a little bit of discomfort there. So it might be three times a week for 15 minutes. And maybe that's really what you feel like you can do that is kind of pushing you a little bit. Um, So yeah, I think just kind of slowing down initially really carving out some meal times for yourself throughout the day, and then really looking at kind of what's that lowest hanging fruit that you can start to build on consistently, and then you can add to it.
0: I think carving out the time is so important. It's like carving out the time to work out, carving out the time to even eat, like you're saying, carving out the time to even pray or meditate or whatever, you know, connection you have spiritually looking at how, do, how can we prioritize that in our day and also what's working that we're doing, what's not working. But yeah, I can totally relate to, you know, just rushing from thing to thing. And then it's like, oh, I didn't even eat yet, or I haven't
1: eaten in like six hours. I'm (laughs) feeling super tired and cranky. And now guess
0: what? I just want to cram sugar in my face. because (laughs) So that's super helpful. So I wanted to wrap up by asking you, and this is kind of a big question. So how can we say no to hustle culture and incorporate more self-care into our lives. I mean, I I know hustle culture is so pervasive and we talked, touched on it a little bit earlier about going, 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 not even taking the time to like check in with ourselves and feeling out of balance. But how do you encourage your clients to just be more intentional about what they do and to prioritize taking care of themselves?
1: I think it it comes back to understanding that you get to kind of set the expectations or set the bar for your life. And I feel like so much of the pressure that drives hustle culture is that we are trying to reach somebody else's idea of success, right? It's like, oh, so-and-so said that this is what success looks like What whether it's in our business or as a mom or a wife or with our bodies, um, you know, to look a certain way. So I think really that first step is just kind of taking a look at maybe the expectations that you've subconsciously have been living your life by. And then just asking yourself, like, does this actually resonate and sort of align with the expectations that I want to put on myself? Or do I feel like I'm kind of like, burdening myself to live up to somebody else's expectations for myself. I think another thing to really look at is what is the true motivation behind the need to hustle. And I think a lot of times it's this sort of self pressure that we need to have this certain level of success in these different areas. Otherwise, you know, we're wasting our potential, or we're not good enough, you know, like, I feel like, for the most part, there is kind of this deeper idea of um, our worthiness and our enoughness that's kind of attached to success or attached to kind of these external outcomes. And so, in my experience, it's like when we really kind of start to one question the expectations that we've been striving for and really decide whether or not that rings true for us or if that was something that was kind of put on us instead, that brings a lot of um awareness and oftentimes really creates enough change, right? because it's like, oh yeah, I realize I've been trying to run this race that somebody else has marked out for me that doesn't necessarily like fit, right. Or it doesn't necessarily ring true or feel like it's the thing that I should be doing. And then I think, you know, that other part is really just kind of exploring like your deeper heart motivations in the hustle. Like, why do you feel the need to hustle? Why do you feel the need to work all the time? Like, what are you hoping that th- those different goals or those different benchmarks are going to give you or say about you when you reach them? And oftentimes I, I think it is really this self-pressure that is ultimately tied to a deeper sense of our worthiness and our enoughness. Well, so you
0: kind of kind of gave me chills a little bit because you just hit at the core of what I think drives most of us to feel like we have to hustle. We're not good enough unless we do, or um, we are ascribing to someone else's version of success. And those are just two really great places to start. It can feel like you kind of know something's off, but you're not quite sure what it is. So I think That's all the questions I have. Did I miss anything?
1: Really, it truly is like so simple. And I think, you know, just the things that we kind of talked about with regards to the life wheel and just like prioritizing, you know, different areas of your life and having some clarity around that and just making sure that the actions that you're taking really do align with and support your priorities as well as your core values is huge Um, And then I think, you know, that the whole like examining the expectations and sort of like what's the underlying drive for the hustle. Is huge. And you might be surprised just the amount of relief that you get when you just kind of give yourself a few minutes to just kind of pause. And like you said, just start to kind of question these things a little bit. For yeah, yourself.
0: definitely. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been a wonderful guest and have dropped a lot of really helpful knowledge and wisdom. Where can people find out more about you?
1: Uh, yeah, so I have my own podcast, The Strong Her Way, and that is available on all major platforms. Um, so I think if you're just interested in what I had to say here, and you just want to hear a little bit more about my approach or kind of what I'm doing in my corner of the world, that would be a great place to go a little bit deeper. Otherwise, I am pretty active on both Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me at Alicia Carlson underscore on both of those platforms. Perfect.
0: And yes, I am a listener of her podcast, and I can personally recommend it. I just got into like one episode and then I started, I love binging podcasts. So um, this is one that I definitely did that with uh, quite a few episodes. So again, thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It was my pleasure. If you love today's episode, please subscribe so you don't miss a show and rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help support us. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.